Thank you so much for tuning in today. I feel like we're living in, in kind of New Testament times these days. Uh, it was in the, 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 uh, the book of James where he starts off his letter to the churches, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. And I feel like, I feel like that's us. And so to the central family scattered across the Bay Area, scattered across the United States and tuning in from other countries, we're so glad that you are with us. Well, hey, before we dive in, uh, I'm excited for this upcoming opportunity uh, to serve our community. We're partnering with, with this organization here in the Bay Area called Beautiful Day. On October 17th, uh, we're going to beautify the Indian Health Center, uh, a health center that's provided uh, medical services to Native Americans right here in the Bay Area for over 40 years. And so we'll be doing some beautification to that campus, providing a bit of a facelift. And so uh, anyone over the age of nine years old, nine years old and up can participate. And I would invite you to go right now to our website, click on the events page, and be sure that you register to join us on October 17th. Uh, we're inviting everyone to participate in just a four-hour window uh, to help beautify that campus. And we only have 40 spots available, so those are going to go quick. So make sure you register today. And I'm so proud to be a part of a church, that we're just not, not here to build a church, but we're here to bless a community. And you can be a part of blessing this community with me and my kids on October, October 17th. Well, hey, as we, we dive in today, we're, we're embarking on a new series uh, around the end times and kind of having an end times conversation. Uh, many of you have asked, uh, people that I've met on a, just, just out doing life have asked, like, is this the end? Like, <laughs> is this the end times? Last week uh, before school started, I was out with my kids and, and riding bikes early in the morning and the neighbor was, was walking down the street and <laughs> ashes are kind of like raining down. The sun is red here here in the Bay Area last week. And he was like, do you think this is the apocalypse? Like, is this, is this the end times? And I felt like, man, it's, it's time. It's time for us to have a conversation around are we living in the end times and how should we conduct ourselves in this unique, unique season? Well, there's a ton of scriptures that talk about the end times and, and certainly the book of, of Revelation, the last book in your Bible uh, is a prophetic book talking about the end times. The Old Testament talks a whole lot about, about the end times. Books like Isaiah and Ezekiel have a lot of prophetic literature about what we can anticipate from the end times. But Jesus himself taught on the end times and certainly the New Testament scriptures speak to this. And so we're going to be, be bouncing around to a bunch of, of various scriptures. But as I've, I've spent a, a lot of time studying this, uh, a couple passages kind of came to the surface and want to camp out on two of those. And one of them is in, in Matthew chapter 24, and the other one is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And so as we embark on this journey, I think we're going to be in this series for a few weeks, I would encourage you to read 1 Thessalonians. Read 1 Thessalonians. It talks a whole lot about, about the end times, what to expect, and how we are to conduct ourselves in those end times. And then there will be camping out in, in chapter 5. But today I want to talk to you primarily from... Matthew, Matthew chapter 24. And there's a parallel passage of this, this teaching that Jesus gives us uh, in Luke chapter 21. And a parallel passage simply means uh, what, what he says in Matthew 24 is the same teaching in Luke 21, but he just paints in a little bit more color in each one of those those passages. And so, so let's just jump right into Matthew chapter 24. We're going to be reading uh, verses 12 through 14. And here's Jesus teaching on, on the end times, at least a, a segment of it. And here's what he says. He says, because of the increase of wickedness, 
And that, that's one of the marks of the end times. Like there's going to be an increase of wickedness taking place in our world. And, and I don't think we have to go into detail to say like, bah, we, we sense that. But because of the increase of wickedness, wickedness, because of that, the love of most will grow cold. And throughout this pandemic, uh, we, we've, man, we've been asking each other as, as, as elders, as, as staff. I've been talking to Tiffany and, and the team here and, and Janessa and Kristen. We just care for you so much. We're like, how do you think they're doing? Like, how do you think the church scattered these days is, is doing? I, I hope they're praying. Man, I hope, I hope they're leaning into to God's word. I hope, I hope they're staying encouraged. I, I, I hope they're helping people find and follow Jesus wherever they are. And man, we, we pray for you consistently. Every Tuesday night with the elders, we're, we're praying for you. And I mean, we, we talk about you a whole lot. I mean, we, we might talk about you more than your mama does over these past 12 or, or six months, rather. It feels like 12 months, but it's been six months, a half a year. And man, we're just, just concerned for you. And here's why we're concerned, because as the increase of wickedness takes place in our culture, the, Jesus said that the love of most, not even some, but the love of most, it's going to grow cold. He says, and we know he's talking about Christians here because of this next, next passage, next, next part of this teaching. He says, uh, because of the increase of weakness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And here's some good news. And this, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to the nations. And then the end will come. So I, I don't think this is the end. I think we are knocking on the door of end times. I think this season, it has potential for Jesus to come back uh, at any moment. I just, I just believe that's my personal conviction. And so, so how, do, how, how, does, how do people fall away? And, and that's really two, two observations that we get from, from this text is one, uh, there's, there's danger of Christians falling away. If you're taking notes, that's the first fill in the blank. We're living in a time where there's danger of, of Christ followers, some people you know, some people you've done life with, maybe some people you've, you've seen around campus, some people that, that, that love God. They, there's, there's the potential for them to kind of drift away and grow cold in this, these end times. And the second thing that we see from this text is exponential opportunity for new people to find and follow Jesus. Uh, Jesus said that this gospel of the kingdom, it will be preached and then the end will come. And, and by the way, that's, that's happening right now. Uh, of the 195 uh, countries in the world, of the 195 nations, the gospel is growing three times faster than population in all but 20 of those countries. That's good news. Here's the challenging news for us. The United States is one of the 20. Uh, but this gospel of the kingdom is being preached and, and God is moving in, in unique fashion in our, in our day and age. And, and check this out. If you ever, ever doubted that, uh, listen to this. More people have come to Christ in the past 40 years, in, in our lifetime, in the past 40 years, than the previous 1,980 years combined. I mean, God is moving in an exponential way. And so while, while increase of wickedness is on the rise, this gospel's being preached and, and people are finding and following Jesus like, like never before. And what an exciting time for us to be alive. I'm just saying, be encouraged, church. God's on the move. So we're going we're gonna to camp out here for the next few weeks and talk about these, these end, end times and, and is this the end? And, and here's the question I want us to, to wrestle with today is, Here's the question. Is, is your love for God, is your love for people, is it growing cold? 
And if it is, my hope is that this, this, this message, the scriptures would come alive in your, your heart and your mind today and, and it would spark fresh passion. You, you, you'd move from cold to, to white hot. I mean, you'd be passionate for Jesus. And if you're, if you're kind of already fired up, man, I hope this pours gas on that passion because here's what it says in Matthew 24, 12 again. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And you might ask, I, I ask this question, well, how does that happen? Like how do followers of Jesus who, who really love God enter some, some, some end time challenges and, and kind of grow cold? And I, I came up with three things. There's probably a whole lot we could talk about here. But I think one way that this happens is people get distracted. I think followers of Jesus, man, we, we have more opportunity for distraction right now than ever before. For some of you, you have more time on your hands than you've ever had in your life. And you're able to consume more Netflix and more TV and more movies than ever before. And honestly, that's, some of that stuff's probably not the best because it's distracting. It can be distracting to you. But we live in a day and age where the political climate is hot, right? And, and it's polarizing not only our country, uh, but but the church as well. And we, we can focus so much on winning an argument that we lose sight of our mission to help people find and follow Jesus. I'm just saying it's distracting. And by the way, on that note, church, let's be people who can have an honest conversation and respect the person we're talking to. So, so much of this, this day and age when it comes to the politics and, and just disagreement on, on various issues, not even politics, it, we cross this line from I disagree with you, but help me understand where you're coming from to now I disagree with you and now I hate you and therefore I'm gonna unfollow you and I'm gonna say nasty stuff about you and God forbid that be true of us, Central Christian Church. Help us, help us not to be distracted on that level that we go sideways and, and lose focus on our mission but that's gonna take place in these, these end times. Not only are we distracted, the end times, I think I could see us, our love growing cold because we're depleted. We're depleted. I mean, how many of you have said, I'm not sure I can handle one more thing. And then one more thing happens. And we, we go into COVID and we're in shelter in place and that's depleting enough. But then we got racial tensions and, then, and we got fires and we got political tensions. We're like, we're distance learning. We're like, I am so depleted right now. I mean, it's, it's easy to see how our love for God and love for people could grow cold in this season. And then, then the third thing, I think our love could grow cold because we're just discouraged. There's a lot of discouragement going on. And, and that's why we just need to remember that everyone you conversate with today, everyone you interact with, man, they're facing a big battle. And speak words of life, speak, speak encouragement to them. I mean, I don't need to go through the list of discouraging things, but, but here's what I do know. Uh, Proverbs 13, 12 says this, hope deferred, it makes our hearts sick. And, and in this season, for the past six months, there's been a whole lot of hope deferred. Is this, is this going to be the week? Is it, is it going to happen now? Or are we going to be able to do that again? Or hope deferred, it makes our hearts sick. And as a result, we just get, we get discouraged. And that's not limited to, 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 you know, pastors aren't exempt from that. That's happening in the life of, of me. I, I can, I'm very prone to discouragement. I was talking with the elders this week on, on Tuesday night. And we're, we're just saying how it kind of feels like a roller coaster. Sometimes we're doing great. And then sometimes like, oh, there's a 90 degree drop. And it's, it's just that season. We experience this. You experience this. Uh, Barna Group partnered with Glue, and they've been doing uh, live uh, surveys of, of pastors and churches 
uh, around the world throughout this pandemic. And, and this week, we're recording this in September of 2020. And this week, for West Coast pastors, they survey came in that over 60% of pastors and spiritual leaders in the West Coast of the United States are discouraged or are very discouraged. Now, isn't, isn't that encouraging? Um, but, but I was just saying, there, we have to get to this place where we, we have a turning point because we can anticipate the increase of wickedness going up, but let God forbid it be one of us that our love for God and love for people grows cold in this season. And so here, here's something that's kind of helped me, and I just want to share it with you, and I, I, hope it, I hope it helps you have a turning point as well. And Reality, circumstances didn't change, but my perspective changed uh, this summer. I kind of had a turning point. I was able to get away uh, with my family to go visit my parents uh, back in the Midwest. And, and it was a weird vacation because I came back. And normally after vacation, I'm like fired up, refreshed, and ready to charge the hill again. But I came back and man, I was just like, can I get a couple more weeks? Like, I'm tired. I was just, it was weird. But, but I read this passage and it changed, it changed my my perspective, even though I was physically fatigued and, and it helped me look up. And here it is in, in Luke 21, 28, that parallel passage. And so this is Jesus teaching and speaking. He says, so when you see these things happen, when you, when you see these end time things happen, when you see the signs of the times, he, he, I would hope he would say, complain, petition the civil authorities, rage against the man, like stick it to the man whenever you see these things happening. He says, when you see these things happening, Stand up, look up, because your salvation is near. It was a turning point for me. It pivoted my perspective. When, when, when you see things happening, when you see, see more challenge on the horizon, don't be surprised because in the end times, the increase of wickedness will be there, but more opportunities will be there for you and for me as well. And so therefore, church, it's our time to stand up, look up, Whenever you, you see the sun turn red, don't be surprised. Let it be your alarm clock as a reminder. This is my opportunity. I need to stand up. I need to look up. I need to fix my eyes on Jesus because I was born for this moment. This is my opportunity. We need to stand up. We need to look up because the end is near and your salvation, what, you've, what we've given our life for as followers of Jesus, what, what I'm banking my, my life on this eternal reality that, that Jesus is who Jesus said he was is real, that the Bible is true. And when we see these things happening, our salvation, our redemption, it's, it's drawing near, man, it's, it should be encouraging to us in these times. It's kind of like um, riding on an airplane. I, I know many of you have ridden on airplanes and I, I just appreciate it whenever the weather's a little windy or it's raining outside. And I appreciate the captain of that plane coming on and just giving you fair warning. Hey, people, it's gonna get a little bumpy. There's some turbulence here, but once we get to a certain altitude, I, I, it will be okay. And so therefore it gets bumpy. There's barf bags in the seat in front of me and like I get motion sick. And so whenever uh, things get, get bumpy, I'm, like, I'm not in a really good place. And, and I'm just saying church, that's kind of where we're living right now. We're in this bumpy place, barf bags are necessary. But if we could reach this altitude, we could break through the clouds and get this, look up and get a better perspective. I love whenever that, 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 that noise comes on on an airplane, bing, you are now free to move about the cabin. I love that. And that's been my prayer this week, that, that in your heart, in your soul, you'd hear this, bing, we're good, we're good, we got this. Because here we are below the clouds, it's bumpy, but when we fix our eyes here, we'll get discouraged, we'll get depleted, we'll be like, where's God in all this? But if we could just look up a little bit, get a heavenly perspective, 
see what God's doing in our time and we can take action accordingly. There's a whole lot of reasons for us to look up in this season. I mean, we are knocking on the door of Jesus' return, of these, these end times. And I'm just gonna give you three of my favorite reasons why I think it's appropriate for you to look up and look and see what's happening above the clouds today rather than what's happening all around us right here and right now. And so here, here's the first point. If you're taking notes, here it is. It's time for us to look up and remember we're going to heaven. <laughs> just a simple but profound, this is a, my name's Tim, I wanna be your pastor. Here's a reminder, we get, if you're a follower of Jesus, we're going to heaven. We need to remember that when we all get to heaven, I mean, what a day of rejoicing that will be. This world, it's not our home, right? We're just, we're just passing through. And while we live on earth, Paul says this in Philippians 3.20. While we might want to write this one down, might want to highlight this, might want to circle this one in your Bible, that we need to remember that our citizenship, it's not here, it's in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior in November. No, no, no. We eagerly await a savior from there, from heaven. And his name is Jesus. Let's anchor our hope in that reality. First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 says this. Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who, 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 who sleep in death. So that you will not grieve, check this out, like the rest of mankind who, who have no hope. And that's a sad reality. There's a lot of people around you right now. They don't have hope, but that's not true of you. So we don't grieve like the rest of humanity who don't have any hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring back with Jesus those who have fallen asleep. According to the Lord's words, we tell you that we who are still alive, or who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then after that, we who are still alive will be caught up together with him in the clouds. And that word caught up there, it's a Latin word, raptura. We get our, our English word rapture. There's going to come a, a point where there's going to be a, a rapture. We're going to get caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And check this out. And so we will be with the Lord forever. We'll be with reunited with our family and friends who've been followers of Jesus, who have gone on before us. An eternal reunion awaits. We'll never have to say goodbye again. We'll be with our, our love. We'll be with the Lord forever. And so here's, here's the mandate. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Let's lift up our heads. Let's look up because the view above the clouds is awesome. And that's our reality. Heaven is our home. We are citizens of there. We, we just live here. At We're just passing through though. In the light of eternity, this life is a mist. It's here. It's gone. Let's fix our eyes on, on where our true citizenship resides. Paul saying, look up. And here's if you're taking notes, here's the next one. It's not on the screen, but it is in your notes. And I just wanted you to write this down as a reminder that heaven is better than the Bay Area. Heaven is better than the Bay Area. And I know that can come across as a little cheeky these days. Uh, but, but here's the deal. The Bay Area is awesome. Sometimes I pinch myself like I live in the Bay Area of California. This is awesome. I was playing golf on Labor Day weekend with some, some, some buddies from Central. And, and I was looking around I was like, do I really live in this place? Like this place is awesome. 
Like we're a short distance from the ocean. We're a short drive to, to epic hiking, uh, to, to snow skiing. Like, like a bad day in the bay is better than most good days elsewhere. But listen, church, heaven is going to be better than the bay area. Here's what it says in Revelation 21, 4 through 5. Here's what heaven's going to be like. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying or pain. For that's the old stuff, for the older things have passed away. And he who, who is seated on the throne, Jesus says this. He says, I'm making everything new. And then he said, make sure you write this down so you can tell Central Christian Church in September of 2020 these words. No, he says, write this down because here's the deal. These words are trustworthy and true and it will happen. Anchor your hope there. When Jesus encouraged his disciples, he never, he never promised them a better now. He promised them and he talked to them about a better place. And here's what he said in, in John 14, one through six. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, how could Jesus say that? He was talking to a group of men who would be brutally treated on this earth, men who would be arrested for sharing hope and healing through Jesus. He, he was talking to men who would be, be, be burned to death, literally, because of their faith in Christ, men who would be boiled alive, men who would be stabbed to death with swords, men who would be crucified upside down. And to those men, surely Jesus knew this at the time. And he said, don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. How could he say that? He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there's many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, check this out. I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. You know the place where I am going. And I love Thomas. He's, he's that one among us who, who just has the courage to ask what a lot of other people are thinking. And he says, he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And then Jesus tells Thomas these beautiful words. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't promise them a better now. He promised them a better place. And that's what we need to hold on to in these end times. As, as things get a little more bumpy, as we experience a little more turbulence, this world's not our home. We're just passing through. And there's a, there's a better tomorrow waiting for you, waiting for me as followers of Jesus. I, just personally, I've been uh, singing some of those old, old, old hymns. And uh, with my kids at night, I'll, I'll pull up the lyrics to some of those, you know, those songs like your grandparents used to sing, right? They used to sing those old heaven songs. And I've been just, just reading those to the kids at night sometimes and, and singing them to them. They're, they're favorites, Amazing Grace. But those old heaven songs that our, our grandparents used to sing, they, they weren't anchoring their hope in a better now. They were anchoring their hope in a better tomorrow, a better place that God had prepared for them. They, they would sing songs like, one glad morning, when this life is over, I'll fly away. When the roll is called up yonder, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. Last part of amazing grace through many dangers, toils, and snares. I have already come. And God has brought me safe thus far. His, his grace, check this out, it will, it, will, it will carry us home. I mean, he's not promising us a better now. He's promised us a better tomorrow, church. We got to hang on to that in the midst of the challenging times. It's time for us to look up and remember, we get to go to heaven. 
Second thing we need to remember, it's time for us to look up and remember, we're not going to suffer wrath. We're not going to suffer the wrath of God. Here's what it says in Romans 5, 9. It says, since we have been justified by his blood. That's, a, that's an accounting term. We've been justified. Whenever Jesus died on the cross, he paid your penalty, past, present, and future sins. It's an accounting term. Your, your account balance was, for some of us, was really, really long. But, but in that moment, when we put our hope, we put our faith in Jesus, we've been justified. Account balance brought to zero, justified by his blood. And so since we've been justified by his blood, Paul's saying, how much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God through him. It's contractually impossible to experience the wrath of God as a follower of Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11 says this, now brothers and sisters, about times and dates. And that's the real question, right? Whenever people ask, is this the end? They're really saying like, do you think Jesus might come back on Tuesday? Like, do we know a time? Do we know, do we know the date? Like, is this, is this the end? Paul says, now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we don't need to write you. For, for you know very well that the day uh, of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And that, that's my hope throughout this series, that you, the Central Christian Church family, you would know very well that, that the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief, thief in the night. In other words, we, we, don't, we don't know. But, but my hope is while we don't know the exact date or time, that we would all be prepared it says, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, like as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Now, I can't relate to that analogy of the pains of a pregnant woman. Uh, I've never, never delivered a baby. Uh, but my wife, I was there for all three of, of, of her deliveries of, of our kids. And, and I remember the first one, uh, when Cannon was born, we like got the whole family together and like, we're going to have a baby tonight. Let's go eat steak. And so we went to this steakhouse and we're celebrating like the pre-birth of Cannon and and we thought, man, it's going to happen tonight. And we thought the doctors were going to assist in that process. Um, but it didn't, didn't happen that night. We got a call. We're pulling into the hospital parking lot. Uh, the hospital's full. We're going to have to try another time. And so we thought we knew the date and the time, but it didn't come. But here's what I did know at the time. I could look at my wife and say, this season is pregnant with possibility to deliver a baby at any given moment. And with all three of our kids, I didn't know the exact date. I didn't know the exact time, but I could see the signs in my wife. <laughs> that, that it could, it, this is pregnant with possibility. And I would say the same for this season that we're living in. We can look at the signs of the time. There's about 25 things happening right now that I think just are signs of the time to say, man, this season is pregnant with possibility that Jesus could return at any given moment. And how awesome would that be? If he came back today, what kept you up last night would be a thing of the past. <laughs> I long for that day. That would be, that'd be awesome. And so he says, since we don't know the, the, the day or the time, it's going to be like a thief in the night. He says, but, but you, brothers and sisters, you're not in darkness so that that day should surprise you like a thief because we can, we can observe the signs of the times. He says, you are, you are children of the light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night or the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, they sleep at night. And those who get drunk, they get, they get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as the breastplate and love and hope and salvation as the helmet. 
And check it out. Here it is. Here's the, the key verse for this point. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but instead to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. And therefore, here it is again, therefore encourage one another, build each other up because the end times, it's, it's hard. It's discouraging. It's depleting. It, 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 it's hard. But encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact I know you, the central family, are doing. If you're taking notes, here's, here's a couple other subpoints under this one. I just just feel like this needs to be said. If you, here's the hope. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, those of you who know God, this is as bad as it gets. Like, like what you experience here on earth, even as the increase of wickedness continues to rise, and it might get worse before it gets better here on earth. But here's what you need to know. If you're a follower of Jesus, what you experience here on earth is as bad as it gets. It only gets, it only gets better. We need to look up and remember that. For those of you who don't know God, you also need to know that this is as good as it gets. It, it only gets worse. And so while I know many of you are facing hard times, I know it's challenging, I know it's not easy, but if you're not a follower of Jesus, I, I, just, I just need to tell you, this is as good as it's going to get. It's only going to get worse for you. And so while the realities of heaven are more awesome than words can articulate, the horrifying reality of hell is more horrific than any person can articulate. And you say, are you trying to scare me into being a follower of Jesus and making him the leader and forgiver of my life? That's not my intention. I'm just trying to tell you what the Bible says, and I would implore you, make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life. Like there, there is coming a day that's going to be better than anyone could imagine, but there is also the wrath of God that will be more horrific than words can describe. So we're going to look up. Remember, we're going to heaven. We're going to, we're going to look up and remember God didn't appoint us to suffer wrath. And then we're going to, we're going to look up and remember. We're going, to, we're going to remember that we are at the doorstep of a great revival. I just believe that. We're at the we're, part of the end time. Increase of wickedness is going to go up. But this gospel, the kingdom is going to be preached. And more people are going to find and follow Jesus than ever before. And I'm going to talk more about this next week. But here's this passage in John 12, 27 that I want to close with. And it's brought me a whole lot of hope in this season. I hope it brings you some as well. But here's what Jesus said. This is right before he goes to the cross. And he says this. He says, my, my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Like, Father, save me from this hour. And I think if we're, we're honest, like, that's where we've been, right? Like, like, God, my soul is troubled. And can things go back to normal, please? God, my soul is troubled. I don't, I don't like what's happening around me. God, can you save me from this trouble? But that's not what Jesus prays. He says, my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me? No. It was for this very reason that I came to this hour. And I want to just look in that camera right there and tell you this, central family. You were made for this hour. I know it's tough. I know it's not easy. But out of everyone who's ever lived in the history of humanity, out of everyone who's ever lived in the past, anyone that will ever live in the future, God chose you to navigate September of 2020. He chose you to navigate October and November of 2020. Like he chose you. Let's stand up. Let's look up. Because their salvation is drawing near. We don't have a whole lot of time. Let's not get distracted. Let's live on mission. Because he's called you for a purpose. And for this very hour, you were born. 
He's got so many good plans for you. Let's represent him well in these end times. In these last days, let's be his church like none other. Let's pray. Well, God, we thank you for the reality of heaven. We thank you, God, that you've rescued us, that salvation is available through Jesus, that you didn't point us to suffer wrath, but God, to, to have a relationship with you. And I thank you, God, that in these challenging times, we're knocking on the door of a great revival so more and more people can find you and follow you. God, would you help me? Would you help our church, God, to represent you well in these end times? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I have a question as we close out this message is, how is your heart? Jesus said in the end times, the because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most, he doesn't even say some, he says the love of most will grow cold. And that keeps me awake at night for you as a central family. How is your heart? Has your heart grown cold to the things of God? Has your, has your heart grown, grown cold to calling out to God and believing him for big things? Has your heart grown cold to, to getting into the scriptures and, and reading his word and helping more and more people know more about him? Has your heart grown cold to, to sharing your faith and helping people find and follow Jesus? Because that's your, that's your God-given mission. And if, if you're not doing those things, then I would just submit that maybe your heart has grown cold. And your best next step today is to come get real honest with God and real honest with yourself and say, God, I just, I want to go all in because I don't want my heart. I know wickedness is on the rise, but I don't want my heart to drift away from you. And so if that's you, I just want to invite you to to pray with me now and say a prayer uh, like this. Say, God, I know my purpose here on earth is to help people find you and follow you. And I'm sorry I've been distracted from my mission Today, this week, I'm getting back on track. Would you fill me afresh with your spirit so I can be bold in my conversations this week? God, would you place people in my path who need the hope that's found in Jesus? Would you give me the courage to be the voice that shares that good news? And God, I thank you for making me for this moment in history. And God, would you make a great impact through me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm fired up, church, as we, we, we don't let our hearts grow cold, but we, we step into the challenge because we're made for this moment. And I feel like it'd be wrong of me if I shared a message like this and didn't give some of you who are watching this, who, who haven't made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life, the opportunity to make that decision today, to, to go all in with God and experience salvation so, so you don't have to experience the, the coming wrath of God that the Bible just clearly articulates And I'm not trying to scare you into decision. If you have questions, man, we would love to have conversations about that. We're not trying to to pressure you into anything. But but if you realize that, no, today, like I I believe, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe they didn't just end there, but he rose again. I believe he's alive. And I believe because he's alive, he can bring new life to me. And I want to surrender my life to him. If that's you, uh, I would just invite you to say a simple prayer along these lines with me to just kind of cross that line of faith and go all in with God today. Let us pray. Say, say, God, I recognize I've blown it. Like I've made mistakes. Uh, The Bible calls me a, a sinner, like I've sinned, I've missed the mark. But God, I also know that you're gracious. I know that you're loving, you're kind and so kind and so gracious, so loving that you sent Jesus to die on the cross so that he would pay the penalty for my sins so that I wouldn't have to, so I can be justified and made right with you. I believe that. 
Now, God, I, I just want you to know I'm committing my life to you today. I'm going all in. Matter of fact, you can have it all. All, all my hopes, my dreams, my family, my finances. God, I want, I want to do things your way from this day forward. And God, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, if that was your prayer today, I want you to know, man, we're celebrating with you. Uh, also, I want you to know we would love to connect with you. We got this, this phone number you can text us if you're, you're in the United States or if you want to text from abroad, feel free. But it's 408-944-5402. That's 408-944-5402. If you have spiritual questions, uh, maybe you're not ready to cross that line of faith, but you got some questions. Uh, we'd love to connect with you and, and text and, and see how we can help. Or you can email us, as always, at info at centralsj.org. But uh, the Bible says all of heaven throws an incredible celebration when just one person makes that decision. We're just believing God that many of you have crossed that line of faith today. I want you to know we're celebrating with you. We're cheering for you. And we as a central family are here for you. But God bless you guys. Look forward to seeing you next week as we continue our series on these end times.